Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, fellow Jews, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Jeff. And my apologies, I gave you the wrong cue there for when it would be time to come and read. Let's pray. May my words and the reflection of our hearts and minds Draw us closer to you that we might go out in the power of your spirit and make you known in the world. Amen. What are you seeing and hearing when you encounter the Holy Spirit? In today's reading, the people heard the sound of rushing wind and saw tongues of fire above one another. They understood one another, speaking a range of different languages as the Spirit gave them ability. It's the day of Pentecost. The fledgling Christian community is together in one place. This is what we do as human beings. We gather for festivals and important occasions, and these times become like anchors in our community and in our lives. 
These times hold special memories and connect us to one another through our shared experiences. Pentecost is the Greek name for the Jewish festival of weeks. It falls somewhere around 50 days after the feast of Passover, and it also marks the beginning of the wheat harvest. Our reading tells the story of the first Christian celebration of Pentecost, and it was clearly a celebration where new members were warmly welcomed and incorporated into the gathering. It was huge, and people had traveled from near and far to be present. The homeland of some of those uh, people groups that Jeff read was more than a thousand kilometers from Jerusalem. So on this first Pentecost, which followed Jesus' ascension, the people experienced what we call a theophany. What's a theophany? A theophany is a visible manifestation of God. And the biblical narrative includes many theophanies. Think of the angel of the Lord appearing to Abraham, of Moses encountering God in the burning bush, visions of some of the Old Testament prophets, encounters through wind and storms, through clouds and stillness. And the Holy Spirit, visible as a dove over Jesus following his baptism, perhaps could also be seen as a theophany. Well, what do you see and what do you hear when you encounter the Holy Spirit? As I've thought about this question, I've actually found, as I look back over my life, that the answer is different for each decade of my life. This is due to the age and stage in which one finds oneself, but also the particular language used by the church community that I've been a part of at each stage. So I'm going to share some of my memories from each decade, not because you need to know all about my life, but so that it might prompt you to reflect on the ways that you have encountered the Holy Spirit as you have journeyed through your life whether you're in your first decade or your 10th decade of life, I wonder what experiences have shaped your recollections of encounters with the Holy Spirit. Well, as a 10-year-old, I do know that I was living my life in a relationship with God. I knew all about Christmas and Easter, but I don't actually recall being aware of Pentecost as a celebration as a a feast in the church's year. I do remember celebrating Harvest Festival, but I'm not sure whether there was actually a connection with Pentecost. And I can't remember how aware I was of the Holy Spirit. I would probably have described the Holy Spirit as Jesus' presence with me, especially as I prayed. By 20, I was in a large university church in Sydney, And again, I don't remember observing Pentecost as such. I would have described the Holy Spirit as God's presence in my life and at work in the world. Um, As a guiding, comforting counsellor and probably very much shaped by the theology of the Apostle Paul. 
Looking back, I can see that this was a community that valued rational thinking and an intellectual way of reading the Bible. There was an emphasis on making sure that we got things right. However, the Holy Spirit, of course, is encountered intellectually, but in so many other ways, with our whole mind, heart, soul, and strength. In experiential ways, perhaps like dreams and visions, perhaps like fire or the sound of rushing wind. When I was 30, we were part of a Pentecostal church community in a country town. And their view was that Pentecost was every day. There was an expectation that the Holy Spirit would be manifest and often in significantly or significant and dramatic ways. In the end, I found, this, I found this to be an exhausting and disappointing pursuit, that it wasn't through lack of faith or faithfulness to living as a Christian. By 40, we were here living on the Gold Coast and in a large church community with many families like our young family. It was a middle-of-the-road kind of church. It wasn't Anglican. In that community, there were a range of views about how the Holy Spirit was manifest in our lives. And I was very open to others' views. And yet I'd also learned to be discerning in the light of my previous experience. I was mindful of how we were shaping the faith lives of our four young children. I would have described the Holy Spirit's presence in my life at that time as the still small voice of wisdom and reassurance. But then somehow I turned 50, I think it's been done before, and I pursued the call and I was pursuing the calling to ordained ministry. So as a 50-year-old with this kaleidoscope of church of experience of Christian traditions, I was in formal theological studies and in ministry formation in the Anglican tradition. I described this to friends and family as breathing fresh theological air. And I felt at home in the liturgical worship tradition. And I also encountered Pentecost as a significant feast day in the rhythm of the church's year for the first time. How did I experience the Holy Spirit in this decade? Well, I would describe it as everywhere, every day, in prayer, my own prayer life, my prayer with the community, in worship, in reading scripture, in the people I encountered and in the world around me. I've always felt, even from a small child, a close affinity with the natural world and paid close attention to it. I discovered more about Celtic Christianity and experiencing God's, God's spirit through creation. And this resonated deeply with me. It doesn't mean that I worshipped the creation, but discovering that presence, that intimate presence of God in the world around me. I love those beautiful Celtic prayers like deep peace, deep peace of the running wave to you, of the flowing air, quiet earth, the shining stars, the gentle night, moon and stars pour their healing light on you 
deep peace of Christ. Despite significant challenges through these decades, and especially through that period of training for ministry, it was rich, yet there were parts of it that were really, really difficult, as I know some others who are here today would also um, understand. And yet through this time, I felt held, loved, comforted and sustained by God's presence through the Holy Spirit, both in community and in my own life. And I thrived on daily glimpses of God at work in the world through God's Spirit as I continue to be day after day, week after week as I share life with you in this community. Now your story may resonate with mine in some way or not at all. You may use similar or different language from me to describe your encounters with the Holy Spirit. And this is the gift of Pentecost, that we can each speak our own language and be understood without having to be right or to prove another person wrong. The capacity of the Holy Spirit to be present in all these ways is infinite. Just as each of us is created uniquely in the image of God. Peter quotes the prophet Joel. We heard that read today. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. Upon my slaves, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. The voices of young people are vitally important for life in today's church. Perhaps young people's voices have never mattered more. Young people have a surprising grasp of what matters most, even if they seem to speak a different language sometimes, as we did when we were their age. Young and old, all of us, we need to make space for prophesy, for prophecy, that is speaking God's truth to power, to places of injustice. We can listen to one another and try to hear and understand. We won't always be right, neither do we have to be. We won't always agree, neither do we have to. That isn't the point. The point is being open to the ways that God's Holy Spirit is manifest to us. Dreams and visions may well be key to strengthening community so that we can experience the oneness that Stuart spoke about last week, being united by Jesus Christ, the centre of our faith. The, the divisions that we are so quick to engage in are often unimportant to young people who intuitively sense that being one human family is life-giving for everyone. It's not as easy as, as it might seem sometimes, but it's a possibility. I'm going to share with you some ways that I've encountered God's Holy Spirit through the lives of young and old in our community recently. Ways that we see the Holy Spirit's power at work in this church that was birthed 2,000 years ago. 
music practice and kids' ministry. Our interns and other, other younger and older adults have a great heart for leading worship so that our hearts might connect with God's as we gather week by week. They have an intuitive understanding that God's spirit is on the move as we worship. Our hello dinner was an opportunity for us to listen to other people's stories and to meet people in our community that we may not have talked to before. I wonder, who did you meet at the hello dinner and what stories of God's presence surprised you? A week ago, um, we had All Saints Messy Church here. I think it was amazing that so many families set time aside on a Saturday afternoon to come and be together. And I wonder if it was because they could sense that as they gathered, they would encounter something in this way of being together that was profoundly important for the life of their family. I believe that as they gathered, they encountered Holy Spirit presence. On Wednesday, the three and four-year-olds at Rainbow Town heard this Acts 2 story in an age-appropriate way for them. And after they heard it, I asked them, how have you experienced the presence of God? And their answers astonished me. I'd love to tell you all of them. We don't have time for that. But one little person said, when I was taking our dog for a walk with my mum, another dog started barking at us. I started to feel worried. And then I remembered that Jesus was with us and I felt better. Another little girl said, when I go to the beach and I see the ocean. Another little boy said, when I'm walking to see Jesus. I'm not sure what he meant by that, and neither do I, neither do we. And yet in response to my question, how have you experienced the presence of God? He said, when I'm walking to see Jesus. On Thursday, I was with some year nine art students at Coomera Anglican College. They're completing a public art unit. They have done a large part of the work in attaching wire to our origami doves. We did do some of it. Well, we, some of us here did that the night of the hello dinner. But these students have, have done a lot of attaching doves to wire. So I went to speak to them about this art that will be installed in our public space. I encourage them to ask questions. And here's, here are the questions that they asked me. What is the significance of the doves? Well, I said to you, I said to them, what do you think, are, why are the doves significant? And they said, well, doves are about peace. I said, yeah, they often are, aren't they? But I said, think further. And one of them said something about the ark and the dove and the olive leaf. And I said, yes, the Holy Spirit was present from, the, from creation hovering over the water. And throughout the biblical narrative, there are stories of doves, including 
the ark. And then, much, much later, Jesus' baptism. Then we have this story of Pentecost, and I was able to talk to them about that. Where will these doves be placed, they asked. And you may well be asking the same question, so I'm going to tell you. We've begun to, um, if you are at the Hello Dinner, you may have attached some uh, doves that had wire on them onto lengths of chain, and they're out... Um, here waiting to be installed. What's going to happen is that we're going to tether one end of these lengths of chain to um, the base of the cross and then they will go all the way out to this lighting rail up here. So they'll, they'll be like a fan and the doves will be suspended. They'll, we'll have more to say about that um, in the weeks ahead and um, while it would have been great to have it done for today, it's going to be a project that, that still takes a few more weeks. But I think that it's really wonderful that these students um, in another Anglican community have become part of this project in our space. Their last question was, why is there writing on some of the doves? I said, well, people during the week leading up to Easter and at Easter wrote their, their prayers, they're crying out to God, the things that they were grateful for are written on these doves so that they are, um, they, they symbolize prayer. So after the doves are installed, I'm hoping that some of these year nine students, if they're down at Ravina Town Center to go to the movies or go shopping or whatever, might pop across and see the doves in place. Some of them said they would, so we'll wait and see what happens there. On Friday, I was at St Hilda's and I presided at the Eucharist for Karaguru House. The service was focusing on Jesus' ascension and on Reconciliation Week. So it was a great opportunity to talk about presence. The ascension reading finishes with Jesus' words as he goes to the Father, I am with you always. I am with you always. The Holy Spirit, God's presence, is with us always. What words of encouragement to speak to young women who are navigating their way in the world. Miriam Rose Ungamar Bauman is an Aboriginal elder from Daly River where she served for many years as principal of the local Catholic school um, and she was also Senior Australian of the Year in 2021. I shared with the young women at St Hilda's her wisdom about deep listening, which she calls dadiri. Dadiri is deep inner listening, deepening connection with the land and with ourselves and the way that we move in the world. Dadiri reminds me very much of the Celtic Christian's approach to recognizing and communing with the Holy Spirit through creation. So as a Christian woman, as an Aboriginal woman, um, her wisdom on Dadiri has been, is proving really helpful um, quite widely in many ways. And you might like to have a look at that later when you're home. I could share more examples, as could each person in our ministry team who is working in, with other people in other spheres. They would all have stories about encountering the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. 
I'm not sure whether those stories would involve tongues of fire sitting above people's heads or the sound of rushing wind. And yet God's presence is unmistakably present through the Holy Spirit with us and within us, leading, guiding, comforting, inspiring each moment of every day in unmistakable ways and helping us to understand those around us. It's clear that we need to to learn new languages as people of faith navigating our way in the world at this time. The language of climate science, of equality, of reconciliation, just as examples. Learning to speak with one another in ways that strengthen our oneness in Christ. We'll always have differences, but how will we navigate our way through these and see them in the light of our oneness in Christ? How are you encountering the Holy Spirit at this time in your life? Amen.